0: Our country is more divided than ever before, and not just between those who put pineapple on their pizza. There's members on both sides of the aisle uh, who are more interested
1: in making noise than they are about governing. From the committee rooms to this floor, we commit to pursue the truth passionately. There's a mic right there. And that's a damn short walk. It's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives.
0: We must all hang together,
1: Benjamin Franklin said, or assuredly we will all hang together
2: previously on Dakota Town Hall.
1: It's Gnomes week. Where do you want to
3: start, guys?
0: The Senate passed 0.2% decrease in sales tax, and no bit like
3: that. They put the language of the bill that is tabled, I believe, into that one, and they tried to have a conversation about it, and we're going to have Senator Aaron Tobin on to
1: set the record straight.
2: People will be looking at now versus what the legislation surrounding abortion and pro-life issues was before because it's changed drastically.
1: Senator Mike Roll.
3: i got a pretty good feeling it's going to be- be an all or nothing type scenario that's kind of where the senate was
2: welcome to dakota town hall south dakota's weekly political podcast as the session
1: is wrapping up dakota town hall is ramping up welcome back to another episode of south dakota's premier weekly political podcast with me as normal we have noah and jake good afternoon boys wow professional i can do it once in a while i've been watching Brockmeyer and on so i'm like really dialing in my sports announcer voice lately <laughs> Where do we wanna start, Noah?
3: You know, it's it's been an interesting week in Pierre. Um we're gonna to get to a lot in this show and between I mean, besides budget and other bills, I mean we saw two vetoes today. So the veto branding iron is hot, the bucket of red paint is full, and we will have to wait over the next couple of weeks to see uh see see what else that the that branding iron attacks.
1: Branding don't iron give me, don't get me started on that. I plan. know. We <laughs> gotta be a little nice we'll be a little nicer this week. Is it registered uh,
3: with the brand board? I'm curious. We know. <laughs> so I don't. I Again, okay, that is so. Lee
1: Strubinger's joke, not yours.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It is credit to Lee on that one. I just it's so good. I had to repeat
1: it. So here is uh, we're going to obviously it's which tax law is going to be uh, passed week. And, 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 and we're going to play. We'll have a whole episode of what's going to get vetoed. Uh, we'll do all of that this week. Uh, Jake, first, though, let's bring in our guest this week.
0: Yeah, special guest from one of the uh, new publications in our state. It's been a great year for new, new publications. This year, uh, we got this uh, South Dakota Searchlight, and we have Joshua... Pronounced higher. All right, well, yeah. it's spelled three ba- Three vowels in there, yeah. <laughs> Back to our important guest on the show. Uh, Josh, you're, here, uh, you're with uh, South Dakota Searchlight. Explain that to us. What is South Dakota Searchlight? How'd that come
4: to be? And let's get into it. Yeah, so Searchlight is the South Dakota branch newsroom, of States Newsroom, which is a national nonprofit. Um, We're one of 31 other states, 32 total currently. And, uh, you know, our newsroom is just a team of four. Seth Tupper as our editor. There's three of us. And essentially how this nonprofit operates is they're setting up these, you know, small newsrooms to do journalism, to supplant. It's kind of the premise to supplant some of that uh, loss we've seen in local state media, I suppose.
0: How did you get to South Dakota Searchlight? What was your experience before that?
4: Uh, I was with SDPB prior to working in the journalism department. I did a lot more multimedia with them. Um, and Seth Tupper was with SDPB. He got offered the opportunity to be the editor there. It's um, kind of a mentor of mine. And I jumped at the opportunity.
0: So now you're there. Now you're in peer or you hang out in peer some weeks. Is that correct? Kind of like,
4: you know. Yeah, we're, we're, we've we been there as like a team, you know, Searchlight. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole time, but we've been kind of rotating in and out. Yeah, what's that experience
0: kind of, like? <laughs> what's it, uh, you know, being on the ground floor, you know,
4: seeing all the action? It's it, it's been good. It's been a really good learning experience. Um, you know, doing journalism and having done it for as long as I have without having done time in session, it was really kind of a cool opportunity to witness some of that. Um, yeah, and you're also kind of confronted with some of the same frustrations, um, as I understand it, you know. That Republicans are experiencing as well this year. You're you're kind of confronted with some of those realities, and it's kind of a that's I'd say that's probably the most striking thing. Certainly. What's been
0: the uh, the best food so far there of all the uh, uh, lobbyist sponsored or group
4: sponsored food there? As I understand, I've been shorting myself. I would like grab a sandwich or like a quick meal from downstairs in that cafeteria, mm-hmm. but um, you know, r- running around as much as we do, I didn't really get the opportunity to uh, rate food throughout the session. Did, did you get a not- uh, Frank
0: Klochek's kolaches? Did you get to try those? I missed out on
4: the kolaches. Oh, oh yeah.
0: That I, I can only a imagine. Child, as a child, when I had on the Capitol. That was like the day. Like Poor memory. Frank memories, huh? was there with his stupid <laughs> vest on and uh, great <laughs> Great kolaches. So,
1: Josh, let's talk about the importance of journalism in Peer just for the, you know, a lot of people who listen to this are inside on the politics. And a lot of people who listen to this, quite frankly, feel like they are doing their own version of journalism in Facebook comments, message boards, etc. Why is journalism? Why has it been threatened? How are you guys bringing it back? Um, I mean, I think that that's like you're hinting at something that everyone in Peer
4: seems to have a shared belief of. Which is that, you know, again, going back to that Republican story we're going to talk about later, it within that divide on both sides, the groups feel or recognize that voters don't really know who they're sending. They're leaning too much on political postcards or, you know, the last name on the yard sign, et cetera, and not really investing and in learning about them. And I think that, you know, being confronted with that as I was which is, you know, I'm not saying any of them are bad or good or anything. You just certainly do realize, like, how, how rare it is to find someone who knows who their legislators are, what district they're from. You know, ask, ask the average person in this state, what, what bills did your legislator introduce this year? And the idea that, you know, people's news media diets should overlap with their power at the ballot box, right? You should know more about your legislators than you do about Nancy Pelosi and some other person in D.C., because you have more power and influence there. And it's just like that's that's gotten out of whack. And I feel like that that's really something where I feel like um, it's not even partisan, you know, but wanting to alleviate that issue is something I think a lot of people want. You hit
0: the nail on the head right there. I always think about it's it's a quote here from my dad a million times. He says, uh, Senator Schumbach always says, unless you walk down Main Street naked all the time, no one knows who you are when mm-hmm. it comes to being a legislator. I mean, like they don't know your mm-hmm. name. And uh, at the same time, they have a giant impact on uh, everyday South Dakotans lives way more than you as you said, Nancy Pelosi or any Republican Democrat, Congressman, Senator, your legislators have way more impact. Mm-hmm. And so I think what you're doing at South Dakota searchlight is you're, you're bringing news to our face that affects us, which mm-hmm. seems important in my opinion.
4: Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I don't want to overdo it. I, I, ideally the work speaks for itself. You know, people want just the news and if you're doing just that, You know, um, there's a calling for that. Right. Obviously, people want commentary as well. And there's places for those
1: things. I there's a calling for for it. I don't know. I I guess I would, you know, can't get can't have can't have no debate on this show. Boy, Hmm. people have had the ability to find who these people are and learn about their legislators. You know, I guess I'm trying to make an argument of it's unfair. Fair just to call the people dumber I don't know if people just want the news anymore. I think they might say they want the news but I but I but I read a million Google analytics a week that say otherwise i I,
4: I hear you there too um, I think that that's another challenge for local state media as well as to a, a adjust you can be aesthetically considerate you know and true um, and so you know we're doing print media. Uh, uh, you know, typed up stories really this old school way. But I would agree with you 100 percent that there is a need for the uh, local state journalism to adjust to what consumers are calling for, which is, you know, short video and things. Like a- that what did well. you say?
1: What did you call it? Aesthetically considerate, you know, like you can have that. Little, you can have a little
4: music and it doesn't necessarily like ruin a documentary as being like you do need to be media literate as consumers, if, you know, why are they choosing that song or whatever? But um, yeah,
0: there's some pretty terrible background music though. I got to say like, there's the conspiracy terrible. music, you <laughs> know, it's like, dun, 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 yeah. like, like, come on, we don't need that.
1: Mm-hmm. That's exactly. where our, well, hey, it's where our news let's... digestion went off, off the rails, right? Like when, when, when the war coverage started having theme music in the early two thousands, right around when Noah was roughly born, that, that's that's really where our news digest and compass started getting I call it, Josh if you'd like to know I call it the redneck pendulum theory so like Republicans right, are on. the ones that have to fix this right because like so that so so Fox and Friends started going from like hey let's have Hank Williams Jr. on do a song to like hey let's have Hank Williams Jr. on and see what he thinks about Israel like no 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 <laughs> that's not that's where that went off the rails a little so that it's, it's mm-hmm. the Republicans that got to swing that redneck pendulum back a little
0: it's why you don't want Kid Rock as your congressman. You know? <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's be... how you get Marjorie Taylor Greene.
0: Or one could say Donald Trump, but I mean, we don't need to get into that. Um, so, Josh, you had an article recently uh, in the South Dakota Searchlight uh, that had to do with the divide in the Republican Party, uh, and specifically about the leaders in the Republican Party kind of fighting back against that divide, or at least the, uh, the insurgency within the Republican Party. So speak to that article a little bit. How did that come about? Give us
4: some background. Yeah. So, you know, one thing in exploring that Republican divide, it was really clear in talking to everyone that like that's not necessarily new that this crowd exists. What we found to be the story this year is just that that leadership more or less, you know, um, your dad had said to me directly, he's like, they're bullies and we're done being bullied.
1: You know, um, if I can, if I can, this is a
4: year of pushing back, essentially.
1: Sorry to interrupt everybody. I want to back us up a little, maybe just to explain the divide a little. What is what would we call the divide for those of who are like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? What divide?
4: Yeah, I mean, so I want to be sure I'm charitable with my language here as possible, because it's because it gets conflated in a lot of things about moderates versus radicals. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair. Really, where it seems to be on the simplest end is, um Republican leadership and just more or less like the Republican institution, long established, having been there. I think establishment comes with too many connotations. And then you have more or less the Freedom Caucus and friends of really. And, and obviously there's gray there. I think that that also gets is hard to translate um, in the stories. But there's, you know, there's people who we, are. We saw that gray with
0: the, uh, the supposed listing of Freedom Caucus members. That was the right. gray. Right. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that divide, I mean, it's essentially been a lot of butting heads. Of, um, and it's just really interesting to see how, how, yeah, just how, how a party who agrees on so much will oftentimes just disagree adamantly about things. Uh, so so we're, go
1: ahead.
0: We've spoken a lot about the, you know, workhorse, showhorse sort of thing on this show. Oh. I mean, the there are people that are there to do the job and get things done and there that to advance an agenda that gets our name in the media. And if it's not that, it advances some fictional, fictional. Uh, idea like for example i don't know like you see a lot of bills these days that are all about passing an idea i think a lot of transgender Mm -hmm. stuff for example would be in that category
4: Mm -hmm. yeah i think that there's clearly like part of it is rooted in approach to politics i think like if i talk to your dad about about his view on state politics he'd probably say something about how it depends on the policy right the individual he's looking at policies individually whereas that other crowd really we'll talk about a set of principles and what that oftentimes manifests as is it's like with that, what was it? The $200 million for housing. We right. have a response where it's like, this is a handout to the private housing market from the guys who are like viewing it as principle, right? The idea of government shouldn't do more. And another group who's looking at it as an individual policy saying we need housing, you know, workforce, housing, et cetera, this, the, the cost, the return on investments there, therefore it's also fiscally responsible. And you can be both those things. And the issue seems to be like the butt heads on that because for the group where principle is centric, compromise is almost always compromise on principle. And they'll never right. do that. They'll never do that. Whereas the other crowd will say compromise is politics, you know, like that's just part of it. It's just different. Go for I it, want, want to
3: stay on that. I want to stay on that note because we've, we've talked a lot about this. But if we continue down this path of performers who are not serious about making policy. There was, I mean, people more of the far right crowd that in the Senate, that just voted against the general budget. And I guarantee you, if you ask them why, you know, they won't tell you why. And it's, they'll give you some response about how, oh, that's not the role of government. You know, what are the long-term, is there going to be a serious consequence to the Republican Party in South Dakota as whole as a whole because of some of these people
4: i think it all depends like i don't think you ever get rid of it having learned how long it's been a thing right like you're gonna have this like crowd who's within the republican party who sees themselves as outsiders you know insurgents whatever you want to call it for probably forever i think the question is is like if the paradigm shifts to where they say it's going right like a lot of media that is conservative media really popular with young people, especially YouTube commentators and things are echoing the talking points being made by that freedom caucus crowd. And you know what, where, where that, what that means, I think is like the big question, I guess.
1: Let me try to ask that in, it maybe in a little more near future election cycles. Do you as a reporter in peer or as somebody who's taking a more uh, fourth estate approach to it, do you see the Freedom Caucus in the next election cycle gaining members or losing members? I think we're seeing in
4: in the tone that I re- So I followed Dusty Johnson recently, and I've noticed he's a lot more comfortable talking about his frustrations with, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene's tone at the State of the Union or January Six votes. We had and to sit I, by her, during the thing, you know. Yeah, and, and I think what that shows, that level of comfort, is i think that crowd is starting to see that something they felt was true was probably right which is that mo- uh, there's a lot more republicans who aren't online tweeting saying things like this that has it really influenced that party that like there's a there's a lot more of them than maybe they thought previously
1: what would you have what would your advice be to the democrats in the next 10 years
4: i would say uh restructure around I, I, like I think there's a lot of issues that are very South Dakotan that could be addressed from a progressive angle that like and, and would have appeal and it would be mo- a lot of those like like issues of wildlife habitat conservation maybe reeling back on ideas of like climate change environment more of a focus on wildlife habitat um, issues of you know corruption have brought appeal things like that I would say like mold yourself more after like the the bull moose party Theodore roosevelt aesthetic i think has a lot more appeal here in south dakota i love just, when there's just don't get class.
1: shot don't get shot during a speech that's all you know any mm. bull mm. moose reference on this show i'll take love a bull mm. moose reference there yeah but but, um, but the, yeah there's there i think there's a lot of in covering
4: natural resource issues i do think that there are a lot of disenfranchised hunters anglers who feel frankly the republican party has favored more of the ag industry over some of their interests of hunting and fishing, frankly. I do think that's, that there's something there.
1: That is a super interesting take I have not heard before. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's all I have unless you guys have any others.
0: You know, actually, I have one more piece I want to bring up. Did you, Josh, did you notice the Freedom Caucus, they had some mailers go out to certain districts after the Julie Frymuller vote about how they voted on that. It was like District 2 I know got one, I know because it's my district.
4: I, I heard about this, one. I didn't see any of them, and I don't know exactly what happened, so you'd know reason, more than me.
0: The reason I find that inter- interesting is, is because I think that's where you're going to see some movement from the Freedom Caucus to the Senate. They're going to try mm-hmm. to go for the Senate. I really think they want the Senate, for obvious reasons, it's easier to pass bills out of the Senate because there's less people. Um, and they want to take it. That It's always been the place that's been, you know, very against their agenda. Mm-hmm. So I, I think but, that's something worth looking at.
4: You're really, you, you take the conversation full circle here because I think that this really hits it again. What I was trying to say, maybe I should have said after we talked about this story, is like, That Freedom Caucus will tell you they can do that if the the public wakes up, you know what I mean? And like it starts paying attention. And on the reverse end, your dad will say, if the public pays attention, these people aren't going to be around here anymore. And so it's like I think the obvious answer is like no matter what, I think everybody can agree that, you know, that's what we, we just need to start paying attention more at the state level. for Sure. As a public. You're dead right. All right, that was
0: Joshua from the <laughs> South Dakota Searchlight. Check out his article, Republican Leaders flip the Script This Session, Go On Offensive Against Insurgents. Thank you so much, Josh. It's awesome to have you on. We appreciate it. Appreciate
4: you giving me the time. Thank you. Have a great of course. one.
1: That's pretty good. Good interview. Yeah,
3: I, I like that one. You know, he's, he's smart. Gotta get
4: it. He's,
0: he's so smart, smart Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> yeah, geez, uh... that was a
0: good analysis. I was like, wow, well, I was not expecting, I mean, like, you know, come on talk about your stuff and like but ah, that's some good analysis too like i don't
1: i I think i find it interesting and i don't know i don't know if this is putting words in his mouth a little but like what i hear from that is the problem of south dakota is not the freedom caucus the problem of south dakota is there's there's three groups of the public there's the 18 percent freedom caucus there's the 50 whatever kind of I'm a Republican to I don't care but everybody's a Republican to the to the Democrats and that so that that's that's three publics
3: as we conclude the legislative session this year is you know i thought i thought it was a pretty damn cool dynamic this when the tax cut came across you know it came across the house on uh, the Senate, there was two no votes, but those were Democrats, so, you know, um, but in the House, it was 70 to zero. They passed the sales tax negotiation, 4.1% with the sunset clause, um, and, you know, it was, I will, I will give credit to Representative Chris Carr, who we hope to have on the show in the near future, to where, you know, he fought that for years, and, regardless sunset or no sunset, it's, you know, they did come together and make the right choice in the end. So, you know, it's, they got the, I think, I think that tax cut vote was one of the most important votes, if not the most important vote this session and they did it right. But it's, it is indicative to see that where he talks about that institutionalist person versus performers is, you know, it's really not an idea of an establishment versus an outsiders. It's people that believe in good government and people that don't. That's it. There's, I mean, you can't cut that any other way. It's people who develop well thought out policy, and then you have people that will vote against the G bill for, I don't know why. Tell me why. I don't.
1: Know, right? due respect, I do respect the governor is threatening to veto the G bill.
0: So I, I have I, heard that. I'm amazingly. I'm actually going to play some devil's advocate. Um, I mean. I, i'm not in favor of these people's views a lot, a lot of their views when it comes to the freedom caucus at the same time they have the right to those views and if they want to express them in that way that is their right
1: and look at you trying to get elected. one of these ding-dongs on the show
0: <laughs> no I, I i i they're welcome on always um but i'm it's an interesting game i mean i, I was think about the, when i was a child and we had stace nelson back in the day who was basically if you took freedom caucus He's that like was like the og the back then that was the og honestly um you know and uh and now it's this whole thing and it's become so different um i, I don't know where we go go from here I, i'm this next going to be very interesting to see where they put their chess pieces is gonna be the most interesting part to me i mean are they going for the senate or are they going for the house i think they're gonna go for the senate
1: um, i mean I, I don't i don't I, you could be you could be right but finding an unsitting senators is tough man and I don't I mean, they're funded and organized enough to probably make a run on that. I, if I was I mean, the last thing I'd probably get hired on to do is is work the Taffy Howard contingent of this state. But like I, I, I'd go after every county Taffy beat Dusty in and 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 make a stand in the seven counties you have a shot in. That's not how they work, though. They
0: work on the people they have with them. So, I mean, uh, I'm going to take my district as an example. I'm gonna bet that uh John Sharda, representative John Sharda, is gonna run for Senate. I think he will. And the reason I'm thinking that, but uh Jordan Mason sent out a bunch of postcards to all these districts that to the Senate candidate ones mostly, I think. About that, them voting. Well, of course. That would make
1: sense. They're trying to soften the ground on Senate campaigns. Colbeck that's, got one, right? Like exactly. the only reason that's, I know because that he's that's, that's my new cooking? That's my new uh that's my new contact picture for him. That's the only reason I know he got one. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I think if you look at that I I'm guess because Mason ran Shar's campaign and Shar is definitely part of this group. Um I, I'm guessing they're gonna go for the Senate. That's that's my bet. Um I wanna do a little more looking into where those postcards went to and and who's running and who's there. But I think that's where this is going.
1: Is, I mean, that's as good a strategy as any if you're on that side, right?
0: It makes sense. I mean, go for the Senate. If you want to pass your agenda, go for the place you need the least votes to get your agenda passed.
1: I think the Senate did a good job of uh you know this is another showing back power grab but like <laughs> yeah. you know I, I um the Senate is the, the the entity that probably muffled the freedom caucus the most this year
0: I mean yeah well there's two of them so um it, interestingly I mean, they are...
1: they can exist because we're also a state that like the support for somebody like Christy Nome bleeds through both groups right so like there is there is there is a lot of similarities between yeah well we're all Republicans it's a big tent blah 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 I'll go back to something I've said for weeks this is what the Republican Party deserves we've had two decades of the shot to get rid of people we know are nonsensical and in, and in order to have more Republicans and a bigger Republican Party and look at how evil the Democrats are this is what what the hell do you think happens.
0: Actually, I'm just going to screw with that. I want you to go look at the uh, Searchlight article that Josh wrote, the uh, the one I mentioned earlier. Um, you're going to see a lot of people aren't, like, they're, they're not, like, n- uh, long-time legislators. They are people, generally speaking, new. I mean, I know Pishka's been around for less than a decade, uh, and same with um, Julie Fry. but a lot of them, I mean, Sharda, Allward, um, Malali, they're, generally speaking, new. I mean, these aren't, yeah. like, they, they popped out of the ground and they ran. I mean, they but We're got reelected
1: dude just yeah, got reelected and i can and i can rattle off if i dig the homework up a bunch of packs who are probably out there going i can't believe these blah 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 but at one time wrote checks
3: listen i mean look murdoch you sound more and more like a democrat every single time we come
1: on this show actual republican, like see- by the way actual republican
3: yeah. No, I, I know. I know.
0: I don't know. Hold on. I, I disagree with that. I, what was the point? Made, I just kind of agree with that. Hold up. No, I. The, the point he's making is that PACs don't do research on their candidates where they give money with the R behind their name. Uh, is that fair. what you're saying, Murdoch? I mean, I'm saying that. I mean, I'm saying
1: I am saying research. that the that the not all of, but a lot of the the Republican leadership from let's say the last ten years can't all the way be like i don't know how they got here no i've i mean some of us has been bitching about this group for a considerable amount of time going hey man these aren't republicans
3: I they're think not a culmination i think i think what we see like jake said there's a lot of these people who are new right it is it is the it is this is the consequence of donald trump in american politics this is virtue signaling I, this is this is moral this is moral high in politics I, I, donald trump is just
1: the national example of the same thing exactly
3: exactly and that's why you know what as murdoch's still a socialist that does not change that argument but <laughs> i i will i will say that i think to some extent there's a level of fairity in saying that you know i've there's someone that I look up to greatly. And he has always told me, you know, God, we do almost need more Democrats to fight. Because here's the thing though, I think what you saw last year in the primaries, people are watching now. You had people involved in the primary process that weren't involved before. And I don't think I don't think it'll ever get back to as bad as it was with Steve Hogar being speaker, because he got a lot of people watch. And I think I think the tide has turned. I think people said enough is enough, and but these are a lot of new people, and I think you're going to see Mark. I think we're going to see it next year. The RNC is going to reject Trump. That's going to be the end of it. I mean, it's. I don't know. Whoa! I want to back up on this but, a little
1: bit. You, this, you believe this? If 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 the Republicans on a national level. You, 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 right now he's the odds-on favorite, and he and, is polling and, really well right now. And if you pick this state to be the state that picks the Republican nominee for president, Donald Trump is the one who is the guy in the chair.
3: Yeah, I think there's a lot of time between now and the RNC convention. I will call it right now. Donald Trump is not the nominee.
0: Huh. All right, put it in stone. Let's get to it on what happened this week in the legislature. I mean, it, it okay. was it was the week of weeks. Last week of the year. I mean, it, it's the real fun. I thought Well, they, why don't they're we
1: They're still in session, right? Are they still in session? They're still in session as far as I know. they are
0: still in session? They finished at 6:30. Oh, they did they? 6:30. Okay. They not just bad, got done. Not bad.
1: So, let's give everybody a, an update on the major things that are happening. Just so we're on the same page, as of right now, we have a 4.5 tax cut going to 4.2% that sunsets in 2027
0: that is correct which would cost the state uh 104 million dollars in the first
1: year save well sorry save taxpayers cost the state there you go and that's Uh, heading to the governor's desk with a veiled threat of a veto no it's veto proof it's veto proof Um, i guess
0: this is more of a question of like uh actual process here if she vetoes it i mean they can still it goes to veto day right am i correct That that makes sense. Correct. If it's
3: it's going to go to veto day.
0: Right. And right now, it's what is called veto-proof because it has, I believe, it's a Senate bill this year, or at least the tax cut is a House bill, and that got unanimous passed, so that won't get cut. But what she would veto is potentially the budget, which I also believe got passed as well.
3: I keep hearing that that, like, let's take it down the first one. Okay, HB eleven thirty-seven is an act that would, you know, like I said, it cuts the taxes. I think, to be completely honest, I don't think there is no good spin on her vetoing a tax cut, especially after last week when she said this session, you know, she brought the red paint out and she said this session we're cutting taxes, not raising them. She goes up there, she vetoes a tax cut. No, no way. Guess I'll no Let job. me a- let
1: me ask it this way to you too. It's it seems to me that her mission is still to get a food tax cut a food tax cut passed is there any pat it's the thing that won't die right so like yeah is so is that the reason there's the veiled threat behind the general bill or the general budget yeah
3: when it comes to the food tax i think you have to remember that here's the deal senator crabtree but he kind of jinxed himself on this one he called it a dead raccoon in the press conference and then the raccoon got up and walked on the highway a little bit. He got up off the highway, had three broken legs, started walking <laughs> a little bit, and then more, drove the semi-truck, and
0: boom. It ran that thing Finally. on. They were killing bills for sport this week.
1: If you're Pischke and Mueller, it's a hard week to get a second, man. <laughs>
0: you know what so easy it is? You know, it's, it's so easy to get a second. It is so, so easy. So easy. Can you imagine? Can you have 35 people elected just the same as you are, represented by 25,000 people each. Pishke and Frym, Senator Pishke and Senator Frymuller, uh, presented a motion to create a disciplinary committee to uh, dis- discipline Senator Lee Schoenbeck on his disparaging comments. Yeah, that's what they didn't get. Um, and they, did, they didn't do it <laughs> once. They didn't do it twice. They did it three times. They uh, they kept trying. It's incredible.
1: I mean, you um, can get a second to like you know investigate putting only goat milk in the coffee creamers in the in the Capitol. You could get a second yeah. for that you, you, tonight. You could,
0: you could, and they couldn't do it. It's, uh, you, you know what, you know what, no round of applause for them trying their best. Hey man, little, just, uh,
1: it's a little just, investigation that could. It's another showing you, back power grab. You, you did it, honey. Like it's. <laughs> oh man. Okay, let's get back to taxes. So, like, yeah, back here's taxes, this is my question. It, it sure seems like in previous administrations, if the governor really wanted to do something, perhaps they would invite the Senate pro temp and House leadership and Republican leadership into their office and say, "Hey, guys, I really want to get this done." I, 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 and not to oversimplify it, but that sure seems like how our state has worked in the past. Why did that not happen this time around?
0: Well, I can set the stage. I mean, back in uh... Uh, what was it, October, when Nome first said she wanted his food tax cut. Um, it was one of her campaign promises. She wanted to uh, cut the food tax, get rid of it, or, yeah, get rid of it. Um, she basically said she was in favor of it the whole time, getting rid of it the last session, and that Senate leadership had killed it. So she, which, would, again, is a blatant lie, um, she was in favor of, the cut, of, of not cutting the food tax in 2022. And then also she says, no, I was in favor of it, and said, the Senate killed it. So she immediately sets the stage for, um, you're the bad guy, not me. And I think that's where we started, and it got nowhere better from there. So that's why you didn't see that sort of come to the table. Okay, past, but, but oh, right. let
1: me – I want to hang in on this a little. It's not like – I mean, I know it's been a while since Janklo was in office, but it's not like Janklo was miscongeniality Congeniality and, it, 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 at all. But even – Yeah, but Janklo, Janklo was in
0: South Dakota. <laughs> he was – in the state, I mean, I, I'm not even being hyperbolic there. She was literally out of the state the week before that the food tax came to the, uh, the committee. I mean, if, if you want your bill to pass, as I said last time, and as my dad said too, it's a full contact sport, you got to be there. And she wasn't there, so I mean, that's why there wasn't everybody sitting around the table. It's like, how can we pass this? Because if she actually had, had she done that. I think you would have seen the food tax. Well,
1: there now. you that loads up my next question. And I and it's I guess it's a it's a guess and it's a best guess at best, but like had she done that, I kind of feel like based on our interviews the last 2 months, everybody's so been damn so wishy-washy on a food tax one way or the other. I'm not sure it would have made that big of a difference as much as it feels like the Senate is against it.
3: I'll say it for the last time in session. They waited for the reports of their committee. Responsible leadership. You two have no respect for the process of government. Thank you. No, I, um, no, I,
0: no, and responsible leadership is getting your legislators in a room together, all the leaders together, and say, hey, I really want this. I want this passed. Let me explain to you how it's financially responsible to do so. Here's my Bureau of Finance Management. Here he is. Here's his graphs. They're super cool. And you're going to look at them and go, okay, that makes sense for us. We can cut that money we can do that because hey, we, that. That we just passed 104 million dollar tax cut today if she had okay. done that back in January or February we would have had a food tax cut today but she didn't
1: let me ask this then I want to pivot away from the food tax a bit and ask it in this way in previous sessions it seemed like whether or not she was from a plane or from the from the from the third floor or second floor which floor would she be on second floor sorry second floor okay so like In previous sessions, it seemed like when she wanted to rattle some heads and get people to do what she wants, she had more ability to do so. Has the governor lost her grip of influence in the rest of peer?
0: Yes, because, I won't say yes. For the most part, yes. The House and Senate are a much more together unit now. If you look at 2022 and 2021, they were constantly bickering, same with the years before that. They were bickering between each other. And when they're a united front, it turns out that when you have elected people that are from across the entire state, not just one person, they're a much stronger unit. And that's where she lost a lot of power.
1: That was well said.
3: I want to do I want to do something kind of fun to commemorate the end of legislative session. Let's each give out of everything favorite soundbite from the floor or bill or what's your top What's your number one something from legislative session this year?
0: Okay, so mine has to be the uh, the House delivered their uh, tax negotiations paper that said like what their options were. The first one was an option A, option B. And then the second one was just an option A. And they handed it to like the like the lobbyists and the, and the newsroom and everybody else. And it said option B is on the back. And it was just a blank piece of paper, which was just, ice cold like i was like yeah let's go that's what you that, that's just i love that, that's like I like that.
1: My right. uh, mine is our first episode when jake schoenbeck said i can't believe i miss stace nelson what's She's yours no forum
3: it was steve duffy speaking district 32 and he said well i think climate change is real i'm not gonna give the four-hour discussion about it but something's going on there i
1: don't know i love it it. that's a real district 32 line that blue line like that works real well in 32 also i guess i since no one's gonna take it we should also say lee lee's dig on a box elder double wide it it might be the might be the funniest thing we've got on tape
0: he's got a few great quotes he uh he, he loves to deliver every once in a while Uh, We had some vetoes this week. Oh boy, yeah.
1: Yeah. The old old brand was busy this week. It was branding (laughs) week.
0: (laughs) I'm so glad that brand was not on Twitter again. I swear, if we see it again.
1: Do you think I, I, you know, we gave that brand a little heat, and then all of a sudden now the brand ain't around. Maybe this is maybe the governor's office is listening to the old Dakota Town Hall and taking some advice.
0: Uh, I don't want to give ourselves that much credit. I think it was a stupid stunt she once, and <laughs> like, "Wow,
3: that was a lot of work." So what
1: all got um, vetoed this week?
3: There was the attempt to override the veto on HB eleven oh nine, which failed. We can move on from that. The other one that they vetoed was Senate Bill one oh eight, she vetoed, which is. I will clarify this because it said it in the veto letter. It is not a wink and nod to underage drinking. It is not a license to take shots of fireball in class as awesome as that would be. It is you sip and you spit it out while you're taking a class related to brewing. Like if you wanted a in fermentation, this would be a bill for you. You're not consuming any alcohol. You are tasting in a classroom setting under
0: strict supervision. Murdoch, like, how, how do we give Noah to talk about underage drinking? As I, as well? I,
1: we've get, we, we give him a um, few minutes for yeah, each episode. The 20-year-old yeah, gets to talk time, about how yeah. how cool it would be if he could drink as much as he wants. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this bill was called the sip and spit bill. First of all, I'm not surprised it was vetoed. I'm, I'm 0% surprised. Noah doesn't drink in the first place. Um, so I like her being anyway allowing underage drinking. I'm not surprised she vetoed it. The second thing is the bill all had to do with basically... Uh, Augustine is a good example. They have a uh, brewery classes or like learning to brew. It's, it's a science. It's uh it's an organic chemistry science and they view the bill because it basically would quote, unquote allow when I was drinking, but it was a sip and spit bill is what uh, Ronald Neziba called. It was, I think the prime sponsor of the bill. And so basically you'd sit the beer and spit it out. Is the idea of this. It's fine. I mean, but the thing is if you're in a four year degree, like I'm pretty confident you can do that, that class second half of your junior year or your senior year. When you actually need to like brew the beer. I mean, the rest of it's like science behind that and the organic
1: chemistry. I think you do that before you're 21. So You know, when uh, I was in college a long time ago, out, we, we would do upside down margaritas. Is that somewhere in this bill?
3: I would hope uh, so, but I don't think we'd go that far in this state.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't wait for the sip and spit class at a crowbar. Should be a great class.
3: <laughs> um, you should try it sometime.
1: All right, what else got vetoed?
3: The other thing that got vetoed this week was Senate Bill 129, and it basically adjusted um, provisions for teachers. And the extreme example is, say, like, someone hits a teacher at a school-related event, right? Rather than it being as a normal citizen, it would have been the same, would have enhanced the penalty. So it would have been like, if someone were to attack Jake, it would be, you know, normal penalty. Regular banker punching. But if you punch a police officer, you know it's a heightened penalty because it's a law enforcement officer. So basically, it put teachers at the same level as law enforcement officers.
0: The reason was that if you pass this, you had to pass laws for any sort of
1: yes, occupation. That, it yeah. would make that it, makes it a it, higher
0: degree. Yeah, I get both sides of the argument. I mean, they want to like, protect their teachers, but at the same time, it's like, she's right. Like, if you, know, you, you, can, have-
1: you can see the political ad now. Christy Nome doesn't care if your teachers get punched.
0: I mean, if if you want to, you want to like spin this, like, why isn't she hard on crime? Right. You could, you could spin that. But I I actually agree with her on this, that yeah, she's right. If you keep passing laws that are for X, Y, Z occupation,
1: it's just not needed. How about we end the show with this? Do you guys know about this uh, Republican shadow party that Pat Powers is posting about uh, today on Dakota War College?
3: I don't know what exactly this is. Pat gave me a little bit of a rundown and basically, okay. The South Dakota Coalition of Counties. They put out a letter oppo- concerning open primaries. I wonder why. And basically what it says is it's a like, it's like-minded it's like Republican Party officials across the state whose objective is to possibly intact policies and elected officials hmm. in the state of South Dakota at the federal, state, and local levels, consistent with the U.S. Constitution, South Dakota Constitution, and South Dakota Republican Party platform. Whew, that was a lot to read. So Letter says open primaries are bad. It is signed by.
1: It's not signed it's, by any names. It's only signed, or it's got yeah, a few I mean, names yeah, it in it, like Sarah Taggart from Clay like, County and Gary uh, Gary from Clay County. But then it's just a bunch of county parties. So
3: basically,
1: it's like. Here's my first question, or my my only question: Is there point they don't want open primaries? Is that what they're trying to get done? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, is this a Freedom Caucus thing, or is what is this?
3: No, it's just it's it's just a thing of counties and some people. I don't know more to come on this. I think.
1: I guess I'm the reason I'm stuck on it a little is like, where is the threat of open primaries coming to this state? I, that's ten <laughs> eons away. We're not we're nowhere remotely close to open primaries in this state.
3: We can't even get ranked choice voting. You think we're gonna get open primaries? I ain't never gonna happen. Ironically, it's guys,
1: exactly what this state needs.
3: Guys,
0: that is this is an email I delete when I get in my inbox. Okay. Oh, uh, this was just spam. Yeah. No, no, it's just like I'm like okay, delete. Like, see you later. I do got a quick quote from uh, Senator Schoenbeck. Basically said that, talked to a lot of legislators, everyone left in very good spirits. Everyone worked together. Kumbaya is kind of what basically said. Everyone left pretty happy this session. So I I think that's something that has been unique in the last few years. That we have a very, everyone's leaving going, we did good work. We got things done. We're moving forward. I think if you compare it to previous years, this is a different Kind of legislature
1: the, we uh, did session, a week House. on Julie Fry Mueller's lactation complaint. Hell,
0: that's one person. Not an entire. Not an entire. Well, body.
1: I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's it. was yeah, like? Oh, yeah, smooth as glass. Be, well, I don't know. <laughs> there's going to be some
0: idiots and some road bumps along the way, but all in all, this was a great session, and I think South Dakota is better for what we accomplished in the last three months.
3: There's a lot to come. I think in the interim here, I know we got great guests lined up and me jake and our pessimistic rhino socialist contention of the show are really excited
0: we are a lot of people great, we
1: greatly they are lay the groundwork. there
0: is there is one rain cloud i think we do need to hang over us quick Boy. gnome could veto the budget
1: that's what i'm telling oh. you we're all acting like this is all smooth sailing and gnome keeps coming back like a hurricane gnome and is like let's see what's, <laughs> what's gonna happen here i mean she had a pretty
0: decent quote uh well that's an okay quote it was not very factually accurate you know we gotta pass a budget i want this food tax and i have nowhere to go and it's kind of like well legislators go home like they don't they don't have to be in session like they can just go home like they don't need to like stick around like they can pass a budget and when they pass it you can veto it all you want but like, they don't need to come back the next day to get it done they can just wait for veto day so, but that is in the air um she i doubt she will um
3: uh, I, if I'm sitting there and I, if I'm, if I'm Casey Crabtree or Lee Schoenbeck, like, and I'm thinking about the unity of the two chambers and our caucuses, I'm looking at the governor right now and saying, I dare you veto that budget, get overridden. And guess what? Every bill she puts up next year, gone. So she going to do it. I'm, I think I it is a
4: bluff.
0: Yeah. I can't wait for Ian Fury's tweets about how like we need to get rid of this budget. It's so bad. It's like, it's 95% her budget. It legitimately is, about 95% of her budget she wanted. Point is, like, if you want to veto this budget, it's like you're vetoing 95% of what you wanted.
1: Who's the most popular person in South Dakota right now? Uh, it's Kristi Noem by 10 miles. It's She still gets standing ovations when she walks yeah, into right. events. Uh, oh, I'm talking about her ability to say, we're gonna do what I want in this state because I'm Christy Noem.
0: Here's the deal. She doesn't have a lot of sway on the se- on the third floor. She doesn't. I mean, she has lost her ability to convince them what do what she wants to do because she's not been at the table. That session, guys, we are at the tail end. We have plenty more to come. We have a lot in the tank.
1: We have Dusty um, Johnson lined up and ready to go in the month of uh, March if we'd like him. I uh, also think it'd be f- a good interview with Dez, who's in the uh, Thune staff office, who's got some inside sure. baseball inside. I think those would be two good interviews to get.
0: Been chatting with Tony, uh, Representative Tony Van about doing a little uh, expose on the governor of South Dakota i to kind of, you know, sort of walk through them. They'll be kind of fun, I think, in the offseason. Got a lot to talk about. There's going to be summer studies. It's a lot to come. And we got veto day. That's still in the chamber. Next week, we'll be back. We'll be better, as always. And that's the Dakota Town Hall.
2: Next week on Dakota Town Hall. All right, next week, we'll do a little veto talk. I mean,
0: there's a handful of bills, three so far, as the time this recording. Uh, there could be more. So a little veto talk next week.
3: Yeah, we're gonna do a little veto talk and we're gonna bring on the person that had a big part making this happen, Representative Chris Carr. We're excited to have him come on and yeah, it'll be it'll be a little bit of a slower week next week, but there's some headliners coming up.
2: Dakota Town Hall, South Dakota's weekly podcast. Episodes available every Friday. For more information or to request availability, please go to dakotatownhall.com. Dakota Town Hall is presented in partnership with Homeslice Audio. Produced by Leslie Klein. Music and audio production by Oakley Ty. Research by Homeslice Audio and Dakota Town Hall. Graphics by Timmy Grablander. Social media content by Scout Wheeler. And website design by Trey Wynn. Editorial advisor and executive producer Brad Murdoch jurgensen Special thanks to all of our weekly guests while we try to be accurate with all of our information this show is recorded live and errors may happen for corrections please visit dakotatownhall.com hosted by noah grable jake schoenbeck and brad murdoch jurgensen dakota town hall another home slice audio production